Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Warrior Cats, the series. I'm your host, Sharpstar. Um, I'm sorry for, well, two things. I'm sorry for not posting last week. I was camping. And then the second thing, I want to give a shout out to a new podcast. The name is called Tolkien's Works. Um, on It's on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Um, if you don't know how to spell that, it is on one of my reviews. You can go check it out. Um, it's really good. So you guys should definitely check it out. Bye. See you in a minute. Now we can read chapter 8. Fireheart crouched in the nursery, watching a litter of kids suckle their mother. For a moment, he was filled with excitement to see the tiny creatures who were f- who were the future of the clan. Then something else stirred in his mind. ThunderClan had no kids as young as these. Where they where had they come from? He let his gaze travel from the kids to their mother and saw nothing but a rippling pelt of silver gray. The queen had no face. Fireheart choked back a cry of horror as he stared at it. The silvery shape of the queen began to fade, leaving nothing but darkness. The kids squirmed and let out squeals of terror terror and loss. A A bitterly cold wind rose and swept away the warm scents of the nursery. Fireheart leaped to his paws and tried to fall follow the sound of the helpless kids lost in the wind-blown darkness i can't find you he wailed where are you then a light appeared soft and golden fireheart could see another cat sitting in front of him with with the tiny kit sheltered between her paws it was spotted leaf fireheart opened his mouth to speak to her she gave him a look of infinite kindness before she, the image vanished, and Fireheart found himself scrabbling among the mossy bedding in the warrior's den. Do you have to make so much racket? Dustpelt was grumbling. No, no cat can get get a wink of sleep. Fireheart sat up. Sorry, he mumbled. He couldn't help glancing toward the center of the den, where the tiger claws slept. The deputy had complained before about the noise Fireheart had made when he was dreaming. To his relief, Tigerclaw wasn't there. Fireheart could see from above the light that filtered through the branches that the sun had already had already risen above the trees. He gave himself a quick wash, trying to hide dust pelt, hide from dust pelts, wait, trying to hide from dust pelt how much he how much the dream had shaken him. Frightened, lonely kids. Kids whose mother faded away. Was it a prophecy? And if so, what could could it mean? There were no kids that young in Thunder Clan now. Or was it about to or was it about the former Thunder Clan kids, Mistyfoot and Stonefur? Had their real mother disappeared somehow? While he was washing, the spell gave him a final glare and pushed his way out through the bushes, leaving Fireheart alone except for a long tail and running wing, sleeping in their usual places. There was no sign of Graystripe. Fireheart noticed, and his bedding was and his bedding was cold, as if he had been out since dawn, gone to meet Silverstream. He guessed. He tried to understand his friend's strength of feeling, but he couldn't help worrying and longing for the old, uncomplicated days when they were apprentices together. 
Fireheart poked his head out of the branches to see the snow-covered camp glittering under the cold winter sun. No sign of thaw yet. Beside the nettle, beside the nettle patch, Sandstorm was crouching over a piece of fresh gill. Good morning, Fireheart. She greeted him cheerfully. If you want to eat, you better do it quickly There's while there's still more prey left. Fireheart realized that his belly was aching with hunger. It felt as if he hadn't eaten for a moon. He bounded over to a pile of fresh kill and saw that Sandstorm was right. Only a few pieces remained. He, cho- he chose a starling and took it back to the nettle patch to eat with Sandstorm. We'll have to hunt today, he meowed between mouthfuls. Whitestorm and Mouse Fur had already gone out with their new apprentices, Sandstorm told him. Brightpaw and Thornclaw couldn't wait. Fireheart wondered if Graystripe had taken his apprentice out too, but for a moment later, Brackenpaw emerged alone from the apprentice's den. The golden brown tabby looked around before trotting up to Fireheart. Have you seen Graystripe? he called. Sorry, Fireheart shrugged. He was gone when I woke up. He's never here, Brackenpaw mewed sadly. If this goes on, Swiftpaw will be a warrior before me. Brightpaw and Thornpaw too. Rubbish, Firepaw. Fire Fireheart meowed. He suddenly felt angry with Graystripe and his obsession with the Rear Clan Chi Cat. No worry, warrior had been ha, had the right to neglect his apprentice like this. You're doing fine, Brackenpole. You can come out hunting with me if you like. Thanks, purred Brackenpole, beginning to look happier. I'll come too, offered Sandstorm, gulping down the last of her meal and running her tongue around her jaws. She took the lead as the three cats made their way along the gorse tunnel. Now, Brackenpaw, Fireheart meowed when they had reached the edge of the training hollow. Where's a good place to look for prey? Under the trees, replied Brackenpaw, pointing with a flick of his tail. That's where mice and squirrels come for nuts and seeds. Good, meowed Fireheart. Let's see if you're right. They headed farther down the hollow. On the way, they passed Brindleface, watching fondly as her kids scrambled about in the snow. They need to stretch their legs, she explained. All the snow has made them re- restless. Cloudkit was sitting under the yew bu- bush with a couple of his litter mates, explaining importantly that these were death berries and they must never, never eat them. Feeling amused by the young kid's seriousness, Fireheart meowed a, a greeting as he went by. Beneath the trees at the top of the hollow, the snow was not so thick, and streaks of brown earth showed amid the white as the three cats crept forward fireheart heard the scuttering of tiny paws and the scent of mouse automatically he dropped into a hunting crouch and slid forward barely putting any weight on his paws so not to alarm his prey the mouse remained unaware of the danger it's back it's back to him as it nibbled on a fallen seed when Fireheart was a tail length away, he sprang and turned back triumphantly to his friends with the prey in his jaws. Good catch, called Sandstorm. Fireheart scraped earth over his kill so he could collect it later. The next one's yours, Brackenpaw, he meowed. Brackenpaw raised his head proudly as he began to stalk forward, his eyes darting from side to side. Fireheart spotted a blackbird preaching, peeking pecking among the berries at the foot of a holly bush. But this time, he held back. The apprentice noticed the bird almost as soon as Fireheart did. Stealthily, paw by paw, he crept up on it. 
His haunches rock, rocked from side to side as he readied himself to pounce. Watching, Fireheart thought he held back a heartbeat too long. The blackbird sensed him and fluttered upward, but Brackenpole hurled himself after it with a mighty leap and batted it out of the air. Keeping one paw on his prey, he turned to look at Fireheart. I got the timing wrong, he admitted. I waited too long, didn't I? Maybe, Fireheart replied. But don't look so upset. You caught it, and that's what counts. When you get back, you can take it to the others, meowed Sandstorm. Brackenpole brightened up at that. Yes, I, he began. He was interrupted by a shrill, terrified wailing that came from the direction of the hollow. Fireheart spun. That sounded like a kit. Oh, Fireheart spun around. That sounded like a kit. With Sandstorm and Brackenpole at his side, he raced toward the sound. Bursting out of the trees, he launched himself toward the crest of the hollow and looked down. Great Starkland, Sandstorm gasped. Just below, three cats loomed, a bulky black and white animal. Fireheart picked up the rank scent of a badger. He had never seen one out in the open before. All through, he had often heard them shuffling noisily in the bushes. With one massive paw... With one massive hooked paw, it was reaching into a gap between two rocks where Cloudkit was cowering. Fireheart, he wailed, help me. Fireheart felt as if every hair on his body was bristling. He launched himself down into the hollow, his front paws outstretched for the attack. He was dimly aware of Sandstorm and Brackenpaw at his heels. Fireheart raked his claws down the badger's side, and the huge beast rounded on him. With a roar, jaws snapping, it was fast. And the huge beast rounded on him with a roar, jaws snapping. It was fast. It might even have caught Fireheart if Brackenpaw hadn't leaped from the side, clawing for its eyes. The badger whipped his, its head around to where Sandstorm had sunk her teeth into one of the back legs. Kicking out strongly, it threw her off, and she rolled onto the snow. Fireheart dashed in again to claw the back badger's flank. Drops of scarlet blood fell into the snow. The badger growled, but it was backing away now, and as Sandstorm got to to her paws and advanced spitting, it turned and lumbered off into the uh, up, lumbered off up the ravine. Firehurt spun around to Cloudkit. Are you hurt? Cloudkit crept out of the cleft in the rock, trembling uncontrollably. No. Fireheart felt shaky with relief. What happened? Where's Brindleface? I don't know. We were all playing, and then I turned around and I couldn't see any of the others. I thought I'd come to find you, and and then there was a, the badger. He let out a terrified meal and crouched down with his head on his paws. Fireheart was stretching his neck to give him a comforting look, and when he when he heard Sandstorm say, "Fireheart, look." Fireheart turned. Brackenpaw was lying on his side, blood seeping from his hind leg into the snow. It's nothing, he grunted bravely, trying to get to his paws. Stay still while we look, Sandstorm ordered. Fireheart rushed over to examine the wound. To his relief, the slash on Brackenpaw's leg was was long, but not deep, and the bleeding had nearly stopped. You were lucky. Thanks, Starclan, he meowed, and you saved me from that nasty, nasty bite. It was brave. It was a brave thing to do, Brackenpaw. The princess's eyes sh- shone at Fireheart's praise. It was. 
it wasn't really brave he mewed shakily i don't have to i didn't have time to think a warrior couldn't have done it better meowed sandstorm but that what's a badger doing out in daylight they always haunt at night it must be hungry like us fireheart guessed otherwise it wouldn't attack something as big as cloud kit he turned back to the kit and nudged him gently to his paws come on let's get you back to camp sandstorm helped brackenpaw to get to get up sandstorm helped brackenpaw to get up and patted beside him as he limped at to the top of the hollow and toward the ravine fireheart followed with cloud kit who kept very close to it who kept very close to him as they reached the ravine brindleface burst out of it frantically calling cloud kit's name other cats came hurrying behind her drawn out of the camp by her panic shriek and wailing Fireheart spotted running wing and dust pelt. Then his head, his heart sank as Sarahclaw followed them out of the tunnel. Brindleface sprang at Cloudkit and covered him with anxious lick- licks. Where have you been? She scolded. I've been looking for you everywhere. You shouldn't run away like that. I didn't, Cloudkit protested. What's going on? Tigerclaw shouldered his way to the front of the group of cats. Fireheart explained, while Brindleface continued to smooth down Cloudkit's ruffled fur. We drove the badger off, he told the deputy. Bracken Paul was very brave. All the while speaking, all all the while he was speaking, Tigerclaw stared at him with fierce amber eyes. But Fireheart held, held his head high. This time he had no reason to feel guilty. You'd better go to Yellowfang and have that leg seen too, the deputy grunted to Brackenpaw. As for you, he swung around and loomed threateningly over Cloudkit. What were you doing putting yourself in danger like that? Do you think that warriors have nothing better to do than rescue you? Cloudkit flattened his ears. I'm sorry, Tigerclaw. I didn't mean to get into danger. Didn't mean to. Has no caught caught. Has no cat taught you any better than to go wandering away like that? He's only a kit, Brindleface protested mildly, turning her gentle green gaze on the deputy. Tigerclaw drew his lips back in a snarl. He's caused more trouble already than all the rest of the kits put together, he cried. It's time he learned a lesson. He can do some real work for a change. Fireheart opened his mouth to object, but for once, Cloudkit hadn't meant to cause trouble. His bad fright had been punishment enough for staying away from Brindleface. But Claw was still talking. You can go and look after the elders, he ordered. Clear out their dirty bedding and fetch clean moss. Make sure they've had enough fresh go and go over their coats for ticks. Ticks, explained Cloudkit, losing the last of his fear and outrage. I'm not doing that. They can't see. Why can't they see to their own ticks? Because they're elders. Tigerclaw hissed. You need to start understanding a lot more about the ways of the clan if you ever want to be an apprentice. He glared at Cloudkit. Go on, and keep at it until I tell you to stop. Cloudkit looked mutinous for a moment longer, but not even he would defy Tigerclaw twice. He met the deputy's glare with a hot with hot blue eyes, and then ran off toward the tunnel. Brindleface let out a mew of distress and followed him. I always said bringing kitty pets into the clan was a bad idea. Terraclaw growled to Deathpelt. He glared at Fireheart as he spoke, as if he was daring the young warrior to protest. Fireheart looked away. Come on, Brackenpaw, he mewed, swallowing 
swallowing his anger. There was no point in getting into a fight. Let's get you to Yelfang. I'll go back and see if I can uh, see if I can find our prey. Offered Sandstorm. We don't want that badger to get it. She started started to scramble back up the ravine. Firehurt meowed his thanks after her and set off for the camp. With Brackenpaw, the apprentice set off for the camp with Brackenpaw. The apprentice was limping quite badly and looked tired. As they approached the gorse tunnel, Fireheart was surprised to see Broken Tail stumbling out with Yellowfang at his side. Two guards, Dark Stripe and Longtail, followed closely. We must be, we must be mad taking him out like this. Longtail grumbled. What if he runs off? Runs off? Rasped Yellowfang. And I suppose you think hedgehogs can fly? He's not running anywhere. You stupid furball. Carefully, she cleared the snow from a smooth rock and guided Broken Tail to it. He settled down with his blind face rising to the sun and sniffing the air. It's a fine day, Yelfang murmured, curling her scrawny gray body close to his. Fireheart had never seen, had never heard her sound so gentle. Soon the snow will melt and New Leaf will be here. Prey will be good and fat. You'll feel better then. Listening, Fireheart recalled that no other cat knew that Yelfang was Broken Tail's mother. Even Broken Tail himself didn't know, and now he gave no sign that he had heard Yelfing's kind words. Fireheart winced at the pain in the medicine cat's eyes. She had been forced to give Broken Tail up when he was born because medicine cats were forbidden to have kits, and later she had blind- blinded him to save her adopted clan from the rogue cat's attack. But she still loved him. All through, she meant no more. She meant no more to him than any other cat in Thunder Clan. Fireheart could almost have yowled in sympathy with her. I'll have to tell Tiger Claw about this. Jark Stripe meowed fussily, pacing at the foot of the rock where the cat sat. He didn't give any orders to let the prisoner leave the camp. Stalking up to him, Fireheart pushed his muzzle into Dark Stripe's face. Blue Star was clan leader last time I looked, he spat. And who do you think she's going to listen to, you or the medicine cat? Darkstripe reared up on his back legs, his lips drawn back to show his fangs. Beside him, Fireheart, beside, behind him, Fireheart heard Brackenpaw hiss an alarm. He tensed ready for the older warrior to strike, but before, but before a fight could break out, Yellowfang interrupted them with a furious growl. Stop this nonsense. What's, what's happened to Brackenpaw? Her flattened face appeared over the edge of the rock, ke- creased with worry. He was clawed by a badger, Fireheart told her with, with a last glare at Darkstripe. The old medicine cat jumped down stiffly and inspected Brackenpaw's leg. All along the wound. Sniffing all along the wound. You'll live, she grunted. Go to my den. Send her pause there, and she'll give you some herbs to press on that. Thank you, Yelfang. Brackin pulled me on and limped off. Fireheart followed, but before he entered the gorgeous tunnel, he looked back. At, back. Yelfang had climbed back onto the rock and was sitting with her flank pressed close against Broken Tail, gently licking his fur. Fireheart could just hear her rasping the soft noises that a queen would make to her kids. But Broken Tail was unresponsive unresponsive as ever. He would not even turn to the she-cat and share tongues, tongues with her. 
Sadly, Fireheart padded into the tunnel. There were a few bonds stronger than the one between a mother and, a, and her kids. Yellowfang clearly still felt that bond, even after all the grief that Broken Tail had caused. Killing his father, destroying his own clan with the, his bloodthirsty leadership, attacking Thunder Clan with a band of rogue cats. But no one part of, but in one part of Yellowfang's mind, he was still her kid. So now, so how? Fireheart wondered. Had Mistyfoot and Stonefur been separated from their mother? Why had Okar brought them to River Clan? Most of all, why had no Thunder Clan cats tried to find them? And that's the end of chapter eight. We're gonna take a quick break and read chapter nine. Bye. Now we can read chapter 9. In Yellowfang's den, Fireheart explained what had happened while Senator Paul had inspected the gash on, Bro- on Brackenpaul's leg and brought him poultice to put it on. You'd better rest here tonight, the gray she had told the apprentice, but I'm pretty sure your leg will be good as new in a day or two. She spoke cheerfully, without any bitterness that her own leg would never recover so well. Turning to Fireheart, she added, I, ju- I just had Cloudkit in here. He told me that he had to go over to the to the elder's coats for go over the elder's coats for ticks. So I gave him some mouse bile. What's that for? asked Brackenpole. If you put some on the ticks, they soon drop off. Cinderpaw told him her blue eyes glimmering with amusement. But don't lick your paw after, paws afterwards. It's foul stuff. I'm sure Cloudkit will enjoy doing that, if I heard Grimace. It's a pity that Tigerclaw had to punish him, though, because I don't like think it was his fault that the badger attacked him. Cinderpaw shrugged. There's no arguing, arguing with Tigerclaw. That's true, Fireheart agreed. Anyway, I think I'll go make sure that Cloudkit's okay. As soon as he set Paul's and Paul uh, set a paw in the other stand, his nose wrinkled against the reek of the mouse pile. Small small ear was lying on his side, while the Cloudkit searched for his gray fur for ticks. The other twitched as Cloudkit dab dabbed some of the bile inside his hind leg. Watch it, young kit, keeping your claws she keep your claws sheathed. They're all sheathed. They they are sheathed, muttered Cloudkit, his face screwed up with a disgust. There, that's got it. You're done, small ear. Dappletail, who had been watching intently, glanced around at Fireheart. Your kin is very efficient, Fireheart, she rasped. No, Cloudkit, she added, as the kit stared toward her, carrying the bile soaked with moss. I'm sure I've no ticks. I, w- I wouldn't wake one eye if you- I were you. She nodded to where the old cat was sleeping, curled up beside the trunk of the fallen tree. She won't thank you for disturbing you. For disturbing her. Cloudkit looked around hopefully. None of the other elders n- none of the el- none of the other elders was there. Can I go then? he asked. You can s- you can see to one eye you can see to one eye later, Fireheart meowed. Meanwhile, you better get the dirty bedding out of here. Come on, I'll help you. And make sure the, the new moss the make sure the the new moss is dirt is dry. 
growled Smallier. Together, Fireheart and Cloudkit raked out the old moss and heather and made several trips to carry it out of the camp. Fireheart showed Cloudkit how to clean the mouse bile from his paws by rubbing them in the snow. Now, we'll go and fetch some fresh moss, he meowed. Come on, I know a good place. I'm tired, Cloudkit, Cloudkit explained, complained as he trailed after Fireheart. I don't want to do this. Well, too bad. You have to, Fireheart retorted. Cheer up. It could be worse. Did I tell you that when I was apprentice, I had to look after Yellowfang all on my own? Yellowfang? Cloudkit's eyes widened. Phew, I bet she was a grump. Did she claw you? Only with her tongue, Fireheart replied. That's sharp enough. Cloudkit let out a short purr of laughter to Fireheart's relief. He had stopped complaining. And when they had reached a patch of deep moss, he did his share of digging it out of the snow and copied Fireheart as he showed him how to shake the worst of the mo- worst of the moisture off. They were returning to camp when their jo- with their jaws laden with moss. When Fireheart saw a cat slip out of the gorse tunnel and bound up the side of the ravine, the massive body and striped pelt were unmistakable. It was Tigerclaw. Fireheart narrowed his eyes. The deputy had looked almost furtive, peering around before he left the tunnel and disappearing over the lip of the ravine as fast as possible. Fireheart felt uneasy. Something wasn't quite right. Cloudkit, he meowed, dropping his wad of moss on the ground. Take your load of bedding to the elders, and then come back for mine. There's something I forgot to do. Cloudkit mewed in agreement, threw his mouth full of moss, and carried on toward the tunnel. Fireheart turned and raced back up the slope to the place where Tigerclaw had disappeared. The clan deputy was out of sight, but between his scent trail and the massive paw prints in the snow, Fireheart had no difficulty following him. He took care not to catch up in case Tigerclaw saw or smelled him. The tra- trail led unwaveringly through tall pines past tree cut place. Fireheart realized with a jolt that Tigerclaw had been heading for the two leg pa- pl- place. His heart lurched with fear. Was the deputy on his way to find Princess? Fireheart's sister. Maybe he was so angry with Cloudkit that he wanted to hurt the kid's mother. Fireheart had never told the clan exactly where Princess lived, but it would be impossible for Tigerclaw. But it wouldn't be impossible for Tigerclaw to pick her up her scent from his knowledge of Cloudkit's. He kept low, careful to move silently as the trail wound through the clump of gorse. Movement in the corner of his eye caught his attention. It was a mouse, scuffling under one of the bushes. Fireheart did not want to stop and hunt, but this mouse was practically begging to be caught. Instinctively, his body dropped onto a hunt- into a hunting crouch as he crept up on his prey. He pounced, pounced, his pounce landed him squarely on top of him, and he took a moment longer to bury it in the snow before he began to follow Tigerclaw again. Fireheart mo- moved more quickly now, afraid of what the deputy might have done in his in the time he had delayed. As he ran the stump of a fallen tree, he practically collided with Tigerclaw himself, loping along in the opposite direction. 
The deputy reared back in surprise. Mouse brain, he hissed. What are you doing here? Fireheart's first reaction was one of relief. Terraclaw hadn't possibly had time to reach the two-leg place and hire Princess already. Then he realized that the deputy was glaring at him with a look of deep suspicion in his amber eyes. He mu- he mustn't know I was following him. Fireheart thought desperately. I came out to show Cloudcut a good place to find bedding. He stammered, and then I thought I might as well hunt for a bit. I don't see any prey, growled Terraclaw. It's buried just back there. Fireheart jerked his head back to the direction he had come. The warrior narrowed his eyes. Show me. Furious that Terraclaw didn't believe him, but also deeply relieved at the look that he had led, that had led him to catch prey. Fireheart led the way back along the trail and scraped snow from away from the mouse he had just buried. Satisfied, the clan deputy frowned at him. Fireheart couldn't could almost re- read his thoughts. He was dying to blame Fireheart for something, but couldn't manage it. At last, he grumbled, get on with it then. He dipped his head to pick up to pick up Fireheart's mouse and marched off in the direction of the camp. Fireheart watched him go and then started running along the trail again toward the toward two-leg place. He could at least find out where Tigerclaw had been. He swiveled his ears back backward for the from time to time. He wouldn't put it past Tigerclaw to turn back and follow him, but he had heard nothing. And gradually, he began to relax. Tigerclaw's scent trail came to an end near the fences, to the fences that enclosed the two-leg territory. Fireheart walked back and forth under the trees, studying the ground. The snow was churned up by the marks of many, many paws, too many of them for him to read. There were many strange scents, too. Several cats had been there, and recently. Fireheart wrinkled his nose in disgust. The cats' scent were muddled up with those of long, dead prey and the stink of two-leg rubbish. Except for Terry Claw's own sin, it was impossible to identify any of them. Thinking deeply, Fireheart sat washing his paws. There was no way of telling whether Terry Claw had met these unknown cats or whether he had just crossed their trail. He was about to set off for the camp again when he heard a meow from behind him. Fireheart, Fireheart, springing to his paws, he whirled around, sitting, sitting, whirled around, sitting on the fence. At the end of her two-leg garden was his sister, Princess. Instantly, Fireheart raced across to the fence and leaped up beside her. Princess broke into a deep, throaty purr and rubbed the side of his her face against his. Fireheart, you're so thin, she explained, pulling away from him. Are you getting enough to eat? No, nor is any cat in the clan, Fireheart admitted. Prey is scarce in this weather. Are you hungry now? His sister asked. There's a bowl of food in my two-leg nest. You can have it if you like. For a couple of heartbeats, Fireheart was tempted. His mouth watered at the thought of his f- filling his be- belly with food. He had had to catch first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. He hadn't had to catch first, but the common sense. But common sense won. He couldn't possibly return to camp with the Tulex all over him. And the warrior code forbade him to eat before feeding the rest of the clan. 
Thanks, Princess. But I can't, he meowed. I hope you're feeding Cloud Kit, Mute, uh, Princess mewed anxiously. I've been watching for you for for days, so you can tell me how he is. He's doing well, Fireheart replied. He'll be made an apprentice soon. Pr- Princess's eyes shone with pride, and Fireheart felt a prickle of uncertainty in his fur. He knew how much it meant to his sister to have given given her first firstborn to the clan. There had been no way he could tell tell her have about his doubts about how the kit was settling into clan life. Cloudkit's strong and brave, he told her, and intelligent and noisy, spoiled, disrespectful, he added to himself. But surely Cloudkit would learn soon enough. When he grew used to the clan ways, I'm sure, sure, sure he'll make a fine warrior, he meowed. Princess purred. Of course he will, with you to teach him. Fireheart's ears twitched with embarrassment. Princess thought he found it easy being a warrior, but she didn't know what the problems he had inside the clan, or how difficult it was to decide whether decide what was right thing to do when he discovered things that affected the clan. I'd better go, he meowed. I'll come I'll come to visit you again soon. And when New Leaf comes, I'll bring Cloud Kit with me. He gave Princess an affectionate lick and farewell and left her purring even harder at the thought of seeing her beloved beloved Kit again. Fireheart padded back along Tigerclaw's scent trail, keeping a lookout for prey as he went. After telling Tigerclaw he was hunting, he knew he had better return to camp with a respectful wrist respectable catch. Gradually, he became aware of an unfamiliar sound. He had to pause and think before he realized what it was. Somewhere, water was dripping. Glancing around him, he saw a silver globule bulging at the end of a thorn twig. The droplet swelled and glittered in the sunlight, falling to melt in a tiny hole in the snow. Fireheart raised his head. The patter of water was all around him now, and a warm breeze ruffled his fur. With a surge of joy, he realized that the harsh season of leaf bear was drawing to an end. Soon, new, new leaf would come, and prey would be plentiful again. The thaw had begun. And that's the end of chapter 9. Um, next week, we will read chapter 10 and 11. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, enjoyed this episode. See you guys next time. Bye.